Amen. Hey, that 
That's it. Your time is up. Y'all, y'all, y'all about to be destroyed, right? That's what Jonah wanted to deliver, right? But God didn't have that message for Jonah, right? And there was, you know, at the time when Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, and I think I mentioned this last week, Syria wasn't the nation it was about to become. They were powerful. They were a threat to Israel's security. But at the same time Jonah was there, guess what? He called two other prophets to Israel, and they weren't listening, right? He called Amos and Hosea. We all familiar with Hosea, who married a prostitute, and God used that as a symbol because Israel was basically cheating on God, basically by committing idolatry, right? And I'm sure Hosea did not want to marry a prostitute, have a family while she kept going around. Uh, I can't think of too many people who would, uh, who, who, who would want that in the spouse, right? Who <laughs> going around, sleeping around, and you're the faithful one, and keep going out, right? No. Nobody, for the most part, is going to want that, right? And then you had Amos, who was called to uh, justice because uh, Israel was treating the poor one way, right? They were not treating them. They were neglecting them. They were neglecting them, and they were basically shunning other people, other nations as well. Remember, Israel was supposed to be what? A blessing to other nations, Amen. right? So each time they turned their back on God, they could no longer be a blessing to a nation. Now they're cursed upon themselves, right? So... Israel also had, under Amos, a, a lack of worship. Now, for those that don't know, in, in the book of Amos, and I forgot what chapter it was, he's, well, he was a shepherd, right? He was in a shepherd. So now, mind you, he was called to prophesy and preach against injustice. Remember, shepherds were considered lowly. They were looked down by Israel. It, it wasn't a good trade, a good job to do, right? But here, God is calling Amos and he's saying, look, he's going to prophesy to kings, and they're not listening. And he's saying, look, I was minding my business out in the field. God called me to this, right? Because he'd rather not do that. He'd rather be in the sheep, be, be you know, what he's called to do. What God, well, naturally what he's called to do, but God called him to do something. So sometimes God is going to have us do things that is going to go against our norm. Why? Because if we could do it naturally, then... We don't need God, right? That's right. That's why sometimes, so even when I got saved, before I got saved, I didn't like to read. <laughs> didn't like to read, didn't care for reading, wouldn't read. But I got saved, then all of a sudden I'm picking up books on theology and stuff. Now I'm reading these things. And I'm studying why. Because something that God placed inside of me, a gifting, but it still had to be developed. Right? Because I didn't come up knowing the word. Right? So it's the same thing even with the New Testament, we all know Paul, as we read, was a persecutor of Christians, right? I'm sure even after Paul got saved, he didn't want to get stoned, but he did. So his zeal for God was there before he got saved, but it was placed in the wrong, let's see, wrong, he was doing the wrong things, right? And it's after he got saved, his zeal for God was still there. But his zeal for the church became that much stronger, right? Because he cared, he loved Christians. He, he loved the staffs in churches. And you know what's interesting? When you when you think about it, none of, them, none of the rest of them that were with Paul got stoned, but he did. Right? They were right there. Yeah. You know, they may have been in prison with him, you know, once or twice, but none of them got stoned, but Paul did. Right? So, Paul basically took the brunt of everything. So, but again, I'm sure that wasn't a, a look. He didn't want to do it. And the same thing with Timothy. When you read Timothy, you know how reserved and laid back Timothy was. But God sent him to teach 
older people, and that wasn't an easy thing to do. And you see in the letters that he wanted to give up, right? But Paul kept encouraging him because, again, that wasn't something that was natural for him to do, right? So we gotta be, we, we, we just got to be careful of those things. All right, so let's summarize Jonah real quick. So we know in chapter 1 we read, we're all familiar, that God's given Jonah a message to go to Nineveh, and Jonah doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to see them repent because obviously they're the enemy and they're a threat to Israel's security, right? And then we go into chapter 2. Well, we, we see, again, we see Ashley going back to the storm. He's in the boat. He's sleeping. And I talked about how Jesus was sleeping in the boat in the storm too. Why? So why was Jonah able to sleep? Because he knew where the storm was coming from, right? But ultimately, he knew God was in control. Because what did he tell the people? Y'all throw me overboard, the storm, y'all will be safe. The storm will stop, right? So how many storms do we face? that we forget that God is in control? That's right. right? So even though Jonah was being disobedient, he still recognized God was in control of the situation, right? So captain comes down, says, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray to your God, <laughs> right? And he gets up, and he goes up, and then they cast lots, and lots falls on Jonah, and he tells him who he is and who he's serving, right? And he says, look, throw me overboard, but they don't do it. They have compassion. They have compassion for him. So they start rolling harder, so God increases the storm, right? And then when they make the decision to throw them off, they're praying to God. So again, that's an extension of their compassion towards him, right? So now they throw him overboard, and then he gets swallowed by a great fish. We know that, right? So while he's in the fish, he's now praying. He's praying and communicating. And you know, one thing I noticed is this. Even through Jonah's disobedience, he still had fear of the Lord. Even through Jonah's selfishness, he still prayed to God. He still communicated with God. Even through his disobedience, he was still having a conversation with God. Each chapter, he's praying and communicating with God. Right? How many times do we get angry or we may do something, then we stop talking to God for a little bit. Right? Because now it becomes about me, me, me. Right? Or we think, ah, I offended God. But see, we see in chapter 2, Jonah finally comes to Revelation and say, look, God is a God of mercy. He's a God of all people. He loves all people. So Jonah now brings us to chapter 3, where Jonah finally agrees to be obedient and do what God wanted him to do, right? And, and, I, and I talked about last week, so we're going to start in chapter 3 in verse 10. I also talked about last week how Jonah is basically like the church today, right? Because I compared it to how we can sit up here and maybe not we, but Christians in general complain about this country and the things that are going on in this country and, and the, you know, we will cast judgment upon this country but we have to be careful of that because we can't cast judgment upon the country before God does. Amen. See, because while we may be impatient, God is long-suffering. Mm -hmm. Right? So even when I talked about last week about 2 Peter chapter 3 waiting for the Lord's return, we got to be careful of that. Right? Because what happens is, you know, we, we learn in reference to the end times about the day of the Lord, and we're like, yes, we want that to come because we're going to be rational. But you know what? Israel was expecting the day of the Lord, too. They were expecting the day of the Lord, and guess what? The prophet said, you don't want that. Matter of fact, let's go there first. Sorry. <laughs> so, so we can see that. That's going to be in, actually, Amos. 
Aim of chapter 5. I may jump around a little bit today, so, but we're going we're gonna to finish Jonah. <laughs> Alright, Amos chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. I'll probably read down to verse 20, I believe, yeah. Therefore, the Lord God of hosts, the Lord says this, There shall be wailing in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning, and skillful lameters to wailing. In all vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through you, says the Lord. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. For what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion and a bear met him. Or as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent, and a serpent bit him. Verse 20. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark with no brightness in it? So we got to be careful sometimes of wishing these things. Right? Because guess what? While we're wishing these things and while... Whereas reviewing the country one way, understand this. If we're doing that, we're no different than Jonah. Right? We're, we're judging the country. Right? We're, we're judging and we'll put our own preconceived notions on things. We have to be careful of that. So, but understand this. What's going to happen is, even how Israel was back here in the time of Jonah, and uh, I'll probably read a little bit about that on how Israel was in a minute, but... Even how Israel was, guess what? The church is the same way today. Believe it or not. So we have to be careful. But understand this. Judgment will not come to the United States until it comes to the church first. You know, because we, we say sometimes, and, and I get the understanding of it, where people have said, you know, um, if God doesn't judge America, then he owes, what, Babylon an apology and all these other nations in the past, Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. Well, guess what? If he doesn't judge the church, he owes the early church an apology. Mm -hmm. All right? Because they were way more doing way more things than we are today. Because most of the time, we just go about our business. A lot of times, we don't even come to church. Right? As Christians, and we're casting judgment, and we're doing things, again, not us in here. Church as a whole. Right? That we're doing things, and we're judging people, and we got to be careful of that. Because... If God is compassionate, we got to be compassionate, right? So Lamentations 3 and 22 and 23 says this. You don't have to turn it. I'll read it. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, right? So if the Lord's mercies, his compassions are new every morning, guess what? Our mercies, our compassion should be new every morning, right? Now, we can't do that out of our own strength, right? We, we can't do that out of our own strength. This is why he's given us the Holy Spirit. That we don't have to do it out of our own strength. And that's why sometimes the unsaved can't understand us as believers. Right? Because they're trying to figure out, how do I do it out of my own strength? We can never do it out of our own strength. Right? Because we will, we will literally be just like Israel. Right? We'll be trying to do it, but we keep falling. Trying to get up, keep falling. But no, we have the Holy Spirit Amen. to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us. So now it's no longer our strength, it's God's strength in us. Right, so now, the sinner that I used to be, where I couldn't control those things, couldn't stop doing certain things, now I'm saved, Holy Spirit said to me, I don't have a desire to do those things no more. Right? Because it's no longer my strength. Amen? Alright, so let's go to, back to Joel. 
chapter 3, verse 10. So, we read this last week, but um, before we go into chapter 1. Oh, wait, I have some pages down. And what's interesting is, Israel was actually pretty wicked during this time, doing some bad stuff, right? So you would think Jonah probably should have went to Israel, but, you know, we know God sent him, but he sent two other prophets, but he should have been upset with Israel, truth be told. All right, verse 10, then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. So again, just a reminder, nobody is above the forgiveness of God, right? God will forgive anybody yeah. of anything. And, and that's what we have to always understand. And that's why it's vital as the church, as the body of believers, we should be praying for this country. Yeah. Right? That is what, and, and see, that's what separated the early church from today as the years have gone on. We're, we're not praying. And that's why I say things are getting darker and darker because the church has a hope. We don't pray. We rather go out and we rather do outreach than pray. We rather just listen to a, a, a good sermon than pray, right? We don't. We, we but prayer is discipline. Prayer is something that we need to do when we come together. Prayer is something that we need to do when we're by ourselves, right? And as you see, Jonah. When we go to chapter four, let's switch over to chapter four now. He prayed. He prayed. So even the fact that Jonah, through Jonah's disobedience, you know what? Jonah still had a fear of the Lord. He, he had a fear of the Lord. Because he still went and did it. And, and here's the thing. Here's what I thought about. For as wicked as Nineveh was, think about this. God is sending Jonah to a nation, to a city, where they could have just killed him right then and there. They, they didn't know God like Jonah or Israel did. But that, I mean, out of the natural, that's a scary thing to do. Right? Because some of us, we, we, we won't even share the gospel with somebody, let alone going to a whole city <laughs> that's a three days journey and just delivering a message of, hey, God's judgment is coming. That, that's not easy. That's not easy. So when, when I talked about Hosea and Amos, even though their tasks were difficult, their task probably wasn't as difficult as it was Jonah, but Jonah was called to a paganistic city and they repented where Israel, supposed to be children of God, did. All right, verse 1. So we know that God, he, 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 uh, he decides he's not going to destroy Nineveh because they repent. You know, the people repented, the king repented. So verse 1 in chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. Just think about that. This is a nation that repented, and Jonah here is now angry. Right? <laughs> he, he's angry that they, they repented. That, that doesn't make sense to us. Right? But, you know, sometimes we may find ourselves that way. And for somebody that we don't really care for, we, uh, you know, God may be telling us to, you know, go love that person. Uh, I, I, mm, nope, I don't want to do it, right? But we got to be careful. But again, Holy Spirit's in us, again, we don't do it out of our own strength, right? Because, again, out of the natural, there's some things we're we just not going to do. But now that we have the Holy Spirit, at some point when we don't do it, conviction should set it. And it now, once that conviction said it, we're not going to be at peace, right? And, and I don't know about y'all, but I don't like that feeling. It, 
hurts. Alright, All right, so verse 2. So, he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. So, he's recognizing who God is, right? Because he had to come to Jesus moment, <laughs> right? But I'm pretty sure he knew about this all the time because this, all this telling me he actually had a relationship with God. If he didn't, God wouldn't have called him to do what he did because, again, that wasn't an easy task to do. All right, verse 3. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. So he's saying, look, kill me because you done rescued this nation. You done spared them. So I don't live no more. <laughs> That's not very godly, is it? That's not very godly. <laughs> For somebody that's been walking with the Lord. <laughs> Alright, verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. In other words, are, are they going to stay repentant? Is God going to come down and strike them down? I'm going to stay back here and watch this. And he has these Time goes by, minute by minute, he's getting more upset, right? He's upset because, no, I want you to destroy them. I want you to take them out. <laughs> Again, not very godly, right? But these are things, believe it or not, Christians are saying today about this country. Right? Forget, forget the other countries. We can't be like that. Again, that's like Jonah. Right? And the thing about it is Jonah is recognizing God is merciful, but he doesn't want to show mercy. Right? We can't be like that. Verse 6. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come, over, come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Now, out of all these fall chapters, this is the only time Jonah's happy. When something is covering him. Is that not selfishness? He's thinking about himself. Alright? He's thinking about himself. Even, he's thinking about himself so much that he wanted a nation destroyed. He's thinking about himself in that. Even with the fact that the shade, he's thinking about himself. All this is about Jonah. It's about me, 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 me. And what I talked about now, how churches are preaching, me, 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 me. What benefits me? What blessings can I get? Right? So I'm going to give just so I can be blessed. Right? That's, 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 that's not how God wants it to be. So these are all, just, just how the church is today, these are all similar behaviors that Jonah had. But as the morning dawned, verse 7, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Again, he's thinking about himself. What is pleasing to me? Right? I want that shade. I want that big house. I want that car. I want that money. Right? I done sold, 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 sold. God, give me the money. Bless me, bless me. Me, me, me. Verse 9. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. Now, this is a conversation Jonah's having with God. Right? But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons 
who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, march their livestock. In other words, Nineveh was so barbaric and paganistic, they just did whatever came natural to them. They, didn't, they couldn't understand anything really morally. Right? That, that's how barbaric that they were. Right? But Jonah is showing more compassion about a plant than he is life. Human life. Right? Same thing we could do even with our animals. Right? We can show more compassion to our dogs, uh, cats, fish, whatever, than we do human life. Right? That that ought not to be, right? So now again, God saying here in the last verse, who cannot he talking about Nineveh, 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left. Right? So regardless of the wicked things that go on in this country, right? Regardless of the abortions, regardless of the murders, regardless of the sexual assaults, the corruptions, and things like that, guess what? They're still human lives. Our job is to pray. Because if we don't pray, yes, this country will be destroyed. That is the church. So now we're to be, as a church, we're to be a blessing to the nations. Right? So this country should be standing on our prayers. Right? So, again, if we're not praying for this country... If we're not interceding for the country, if we're not interceding for the people, for the cities and things like that, then we're not doing what we're called to do. And we we got to be careful of quickly judging. You know, cause, and, I, and I've said this a couple times here, that, you know, we want the unsaved to live righteous where the saved is not living righteous, right? So Israel, they wanted Assyria and the other nations to live a certain way, Treat them a certain way, but yet they forsook God. Alright? So we want to know how Israel was this time. Turn to 2 Kings. 17. 2 Kings 17. So now, they witness all this that God had 
has done when they delivered from the, uh, um, Egypt, even from, well, the ancestors, and they, they were aware of these things. Okay? Verse 8. And had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel which they had made. So all of these nations that God moved out for Israel, they just went right back to doing what these other nations were doing. That's why God moved them out. But they went back worshiping these other gods. Also, the children of Israel secretly, secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right. And they built for themselves high places in all their cities from watchtower to fortified cities. So these high places are where they did idol worship. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. There they burned incense on all the high places like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them, and they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, You should not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel, against Judah, by all of his prophets, every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes, according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Verse 14. Nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffen their necks, like the necks of their fathers, who did not believe in the Lord their God. So, again, we have Nineveh, who hears a message, and repent. Here's the children of God, who hears a message. Out of all these multiple prophets and seers, they refuse to repent. <laughs> now, flash forward to today. I'll stop reading right there, but you can read the rest later on your own time. <laughs> but, the church today, we want the nations to repent. We want the people to repent. But yet, the church has so much sin going on. We got pastors being aware of things going on, whether it's leaders in the church, pulpits, doing things, corruption, and things like that. And we're okay with it. Right? We're quick to forgive and okay and put them back in position, or okay with the sin, and we're allowed to praise and worship leader to continue praising God. If it takes you going back to the music CD player, that's what you should do. Right? Instead of embracing the sin, because again, we're no different than what Israel was back then. Right? So this is why Paul said the scriptures of all was written, so we would not forget these things. Amen. But guess what? We don't view these things. Why? Because all we look at Jonah is running from your calling. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Amos, so much more than that. Hosea, so much more than that. These are things that we need to pay attention. So now, when you go and read these books, now we can see today. Because guess what? It is the same thing that's going on in the body of Christ today. Not only in this country, but other, other countries as well. But I'm focused on the United States because that's where we're at. Amen. Right? I'm recognizing what the church is today. It's not pretty. It's not good. Right? So it has to start with us to make that change. In that. It has to start with us and our personal walk like that. Right? Because we, we have to pray. It, it, it is the number one thing we have to do. Right? It's the number one thing that we have to do for this country. Amen. Because I promise you, well, I can't promise you, but I'm about 99% sure, God's not going to destroy the United States without persecution coming to the church first. Why? Because same thing with Israel. He brought persecution to Israel. Amen. Right? So even when we read in Acts, the church, the early church, they were on fire, but they began to be comfortable in Jerusalem. So God had to do what? Bring persecution. Because they, they weren't obedient initially to going out to do what God called them to do. To preach the word to all the nations. They, no, they were comfortable. They were sharing things, selling their houses. 
kind of like Israel, except they weren't in they weren't into the sin that um, Israel was doing there, right? But now we're not even doing that, right? And now the church today is innocent, and we're okay with it. We shouldn't be okay with it, right? Because these are things that are grieving the Lord, and it should grieve us, right? Now it doesn't mean we get angry. Now Shannon would feel before service that times I would get angry, right? But He's working on me now not to get angry, right? I just have to pray for that. Amen. That much more, right? Because God is going to bring the one that brings judgment, and we pray that they will repent, Amen. right? We pray that. Christians would not be comfortable in sinning, right? You know, it's one thing to, to slip up, but it's another thing when you practice in these things. And then now, there's no conviction coming in, right? So we have to be careful. And Paul talked about it in the Corinthians letter, right? He wrote to the Corinthian church, you're doing things that the world is not even doing. <laughs> right? Now, flip it again to today. The church is doing things that, in a different context, because what Paul was describing there was, you know, the son sleeping with his father's, uh, what, stepmom, mom, you know, things like that. But, remember today, you have unsaved people, they would think twice about cheating somebody out of something, right? You have unsaved people here that will not cheat on their spouse, but yet it's, it's running rampant in the church today, right? And these are things that Paul also warns us in his letter in Corinthians, that these are things that... Those who practice things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right? So, no, we, we, we can't be okay with it. Right? We still love them. We don't judge them. Right? So, and, and it goes back. we got to be careful of judging other Christians. Right? Because Jesus talked about, now I'll get to that in the coming weeks, that he, he talked about that, hey, when uh, John came to him, he said, I guess I'm talking about John. <laughs> so, John came to him said, Lord, we saw somebody else casting out spirits. In your name, but they didn't walk with us. Should we stop them? Jesus said, no. Why? Because they're not against us, right? They, 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 they may not be doing things totally on the same page. We may, there may be some theological difference, but as long as they're still supporting Jesus and living right for him, let them be. Let them do it. Why? Because it's glorifying the Lord. Amen. Right? So we we, we got to be careful of that. Right? I, I was guilty of that. Hey, uh, well, you don't believe what I, I believe, so hey, something's wrong. <laughs> One of us is wrong, and it wasn't me, right? But I was wrong. I was wrong. My attitude towards them was wrong, right? So, no, I can't do that because they're still a part of the kingdom, right? They, they, they still recognize Jesus as Lord, right? So, so what? They don't believe in speaking in tongues. So what? That's not going to get them to heaven, right? That's not going to keep them out of hell, <laughs> So, who cares? Right? As long as they're serving the Lord Jesus, Jesus will change them. Jesus will grow them just like he grew me. Amen. Right? These are things that we have to be careful of. So, I'll stop right there. I want to uh, get into the New Testament uh, in the coming weeks. But, you know, it is important for us to be in the season of prayer. It is important for us to, to read our Bibles. And see, here's the thing. We kind of want to be like, Jeremiah, right? And why I said it, because when you get to the end of Jeremiah, when Babylon comes, the enemy's coming, they take Israel to captivity, right? They killed some of the leaders, they killed some of the false prophets, and they take the rest of them in captivity. Jeremiah's in the dungeon, he's in prison, why? Because he's speaking the truth, and Israel didn't want to hear it. 
You know what? We're going to speak the truth, and some Christians may not want to hear it, but that's okay. But we want to be like Jeremiah, where, look, the enemy came, they gave an option. Do you want to come with us, or do you want to stay here and be free? It's your choice. Why? Because he was obedient to the Lord. He was obedient to the Lord. Where everybody else was taken captive, and yes, they were still blessed when they got there, Jeremiah was the only one given an option. Why? Because he was faithful to the Lord. Now, he paid the price for it earlier because guess what? The prophets were speaking against him. The kings were speaking against him. When you get the truth, people don't like the truth sometimes. Especially when it goes against their beliefs and their actions. But that's okay. That's okay. You know, we don't have to beat them down with it, right? We still give them the truth, but we have to do it in love. Right? Yeah. So these are things I'm learning. Right? These are things I'm learning. We got to do it in love. And, and, and that's okay because we're all growing each and every day. We're growing more and more. But, I mean, the Old Testament is so good. Old Testament is so good. It, it's like, because, you know, it, it boggles my mind how some people won't even preach the Old Testament or read the Old Testament. It, it, it's good. And when you read it, it makes you wake up even more to how we should be living today. All right? Amen. I'll stop right there. Amen.